0: we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about legacies and how we have been handed one and we're building on that and we're gonna hand it off to somebody else and I will say my mom and my wife Nancy are just amazing at trying to do that in in trying to create memories in trying to leave an indelib- uh, indelible imprint on our kids and on our grandkids And they started when my kids were really little and they would t- go away for a weekend and they would do things that are gonna just Create all of this joy in the kids and create memories that are going to last a lifetime. And, and so they would go all out. They would plan it. They'd be intentional. And so they would go away. They would, they would go to amusement parks. They'd go to Legoland, Disneyland, SeaWorld. And those are big things. And, you know, they've just planned it and it didn't matter what it cost and and that's kind of where I would step in and say no no it does matter what it costs but they would keep planning anyway and uh, and so they would just do these great weekends and they came back one year and I remember talking to Alyssa my oldest daughter and I said tell me you know what incredible memory do you have of this weekend and she was like the thing that I really am taking away with this is swimming in the pool at the hotel. And I'm thinking that's kind of sweet. But I'm also thinking, you know what? My sister has a pool. They could have went over there for the weekend for free, right? So so here's the thing. Although they planned and they were intentional about trying to create these grand memories, we really don't have any control over what those memories are going to be. You know, we can't control what our legacy will be. But we need to be intentional about leaving one. And it reminds me of a story, a story written, uh, a song actually, written by Neil Diamond. It's called Morningside. And, and, it, and the story is about this old man who, who painstakingly um, creates this beautiful piece of furniture and it's a, it's a dinner table. And, and he does it because of the memories that are there for the family gatherings that have been around that table for years. And so he creates this, this like family heirloom and the story's kind of tragic because the song talks about this, and I'll read the lyrics. It says, he left a table made of nails and pride. And with his hands he carved these words inside for my children. And the legs were shaped with his hands and the top made of oak and wood. And the children that sat around this great table touched it with their laughter. Well, the old man died, and truth is sad for not a child would claim this gift he had. And the words he carved became his epitaph for my children. We can't control whether what is important to us is going to be important to our children or our grandchildren, and and we can't control what memories are gonna be captured. So even though we can't control it, we need to be intentional that we are creating one. We can't control what people are going to take away. We can't control whether or not the things that are important to us that we value get thrown out or discarded. But we need to do our best to leave a legacy and the legacy that we want. The legacy doesn't come really from simply wanting to leave a legacy or or just hoping this is what your legacy is going to turn out but it's going to be about how we led how we lived our lives that is where our legacy is really going to come from and although we can't control it we need to be intentional about it the impact of your legacy like I said comes from how you lived your life so I just want to ask you a question what are the memories of your life that you're going to leave behind As people read the story of your life, what is it that you're going to leave behind? What will they remember of you as a person? Will they remember you as a person of integrity, a person who lived faithfully and during crisis, never, never wavered? Most likely, we're not going to be around to see what our legacy is. We have to hand it off. We don't have any control over it. And we're not going to necessarily see what our legacy ends up. And we see this with Abraham in Hebrews 1, uh, 11, verse 1 through 3. We're going <coughs> to go through most of the chapter of Hebrews. But chapter, um, verses 1 through 3 says this. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. And so what is seen was not made out of things that are visible but things that are invisible. And it goes on, you know, between, between these passages that I'm gonna read, it goes on to give a bunch of mini biographies of people throughout the Old Testament who are celebrated about their faith, celebrated about their life and their legacy that they've left behind. And it goes in chapter, uh, um, um, verse 33, verse 33 through 38. It goes through this biography and then talking about these people It says, who through faith, what did they do? They conquered kingdoms. They enforced justice. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. They were made strong in their weakness. They became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered uh, mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sewn in two. They walked about in, in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. All these afflictions, and it says about these people, the world was not worthy wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and I love this last point, and all of these, though commanded through their faith, did not receive what was promised. They didn't see the end result of their life. They didn't see the promises that were promised to them, but they were faithful and obedient throughout their lives to get there. And as you read this, you just see so much difficulty in their lives. and you may have suffered a difficult life. Your legacy that has been handed to you may be a difficult legacy. It may be full of brokenness and abuse. It may be a beautiful legacy as well. But we need to persevere. We need to persevere. We need to, to, to just continue to move forward in our legacy in faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. You might feel as though And I'm sure we all do. We might feel as though that we haven't quite lived up to God's calling. We haven't quite lived this life. But let me let me remind you: when you look at this list, these people made mistakes. These people made mistakes. They took matters in their own hands many times, rather than just relying on the promises and trust of the Lord. Look at this on chapter 11. It's a celebration of their lives. But if you go back into the Old Testament and you see their lives played out, they had so many flaws. They had so many problems in dealing with that and moving forward. And the truth is, though, they were faithful. They were faithful to God, and God rewarded their faithfulness. He rewarded their faithfulness by leaving us a beautiful picture, a beautiful name, a wonderful legacy of these people, in spite of their flaws, and in spite of their imperfections. So we live out our lives in remembering we live out our lives before an audience of one. But our kids are watching. Our grandkids are watching. Other people are taking notice. But if we live our lives in faithful obedience to Him, He will tell our stories in the hearts and the minds of future generations because of our faithfulness to Him. Even though we are not going to live it out perfectly, remind ourselves it's not what we do on occasion. It's what we do consistently that's really going to stick. We must do our best and then leave it in the hands of the Lord. We do our best. We be as faithful as we can, and we leave it up to God to tell our stories in the hearts and the minds of our children and our grandchildren. And, and I just wanna point out this verse, Matthew 6, 20 and 21, and a lot of times we look at this as a financial verse, right? Um, about stewardship of money, and that it is. But, but one of the things too, I think this is a beautiful verse when it comes to legacy. I think it's a beautiful leg- legacy verse. And it says this, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, I can think of no better treasure to store up in heaven than to be able to present to Christ on that final day a man of good character, a man of integrity, a man who tried to represent him As best I could. I want people to see that in my life. I want people to see that I loved God. I want my family and others to know that I loved my family. As best I could. And I loved others as best I was to the best of my ability. I want people to see that. I want to be able to, to, with integrity, present that to the Lord. And I worry sometimes about what my legacy is really going to look like and you might worry too that you're not sure that you're leaving behind a godly legacy. Maybe you don't have kids and you feel like your legacy is gonna die, right? You know, when you do. But I remember Greg talking a couple of weeks ago about Bill and Marla Getty, who couldn't have kids, and they loved kids, so they poured their life into kids, in Boy Scouts and in American Heritage Girls, and they've touched the lives of hundreds, if not thousands, of young men and women who will carry on their legacy. They have created a great legacy in that that, in that, that will live on. You know, um, again, we need to be intentional about it. Um, we also need to remember and remind ourselves that we have the ability and the opportunity to leave behind an eternal legacy. By sharing the gospel with others, by sharing the gospel with others, we will leave an eternal legacy. I mean, Paul talks about this right here um, uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.2. You know, Paul says, the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Wow, an eternal legacy from that standpoint. And being able to, I love that recommendation letter idea, that when you come before the Lord and you present yourself to him, you're also gonna present recommendation letters. And I think of men like Chuck Smith, and Billy Graham, and Ravi Zacharias. And just think about how many recommendation letters they're going to bring with them in a a cloud of people because of the, the people that they've touched directly in their ministry, but not only that, the people that their ministry has touched and created other ministries and they've touched and they've touched. How amazing of an eternal legacy that would be to stand before the Lord and present your character and hundreds of thousands and millions of Recommendation letters. You might be feel, you might feel as though though, that, um, that the legacy you're leaving is far from the legacy that you want to leave. You know, maybe you feel like you haven't done things right up to this point and you wish that you'd done better. But it's not too late. It's not too late to change the legacy of your family. Remember that, if you're not dead, it's not over. Your story is not completely written. One of the things I wanna share with you about, you can change the legacy of your entire family. And I wanna share this story. Many of us know who this person is, Madeline Murray O'Hare. Mo- many of us know, and if you don't, she was an activist for atheism. She created the American Atheists Association. She was responsible for going before the Supreme Court and removing Bible reading and removing prayer from public school. And she tried to attack faith in every avenue of the public sector. She was once considered the most hated woman in America. And when she went to that Supreme Court, you have to have damages. You have to have a victim. So she used her son, William, as the victim to present her case before the Supreme Court to get prayer out of school. Well, when he grew up, He gave his life to the Lord and this is what she said, such a loving mother. Um, She said about her son after he gave his life to the Lord that she disowned him. She said, one could call this a postnatal abortion on the part of the mother. I repudiate him entirely and completely from now until all times and he is beyond human forgiveness. She said this about her own son because he converted. What happened to this man? Well, he gave his life to the Lord. He became a Baptist minister. He became an evangelist. And right and I believe right now he, he is the chairman for an organization called the Religious Freedom Coalition. His mother fought to remove religious freedoms and he is fighting to instill them. He is changing the legacy of his family. But also, you have the, the opportunity to change your personal legacy as well. You have the opportunity to change your personal legacy. Maybe it's not going the way you want it to go. Maybe you feel like you can do better. And again, you can change it. And I know my dad did this. My dad did this. And I just want to preface this by saying, my, gra- my dad was a great dad. He was a great dad. He was always involved. Um, but he did grow up in a different era. you know. But he was always involved in my life. He taught me how to catch. We used to go in the backyard and play catch. He, I joined uh, baseball, and he coached my baseball team. He helped me build my first car when I was a teenager and taught me how to work on a car. But he came from an era where people didn't show emotions. They didn't show affection. And when I was 10, they used to go to my aunt and uncle's house, my Uncle Dell's house, every Friday night and play pinochle or whatever. And, uh, and so, you know, at, at late hours, they would send all of us kids to bed, and we'd walk around the table and kiss everybody goodnight. And I was about 10 years old, and I remember my dad coming in and sitting on my bed one night, and he said, and I know he thought this was like a pep talk, right? And, uh, and he said, hey, you're becoming a young man now. Men don't kiss other men. So I don't want you to kiss me anymore. I don't want you kissing your Uncle Dale anymore. Just shake hands. And he got up and he walked out of my room. And I remember when the door closed, I broke down in tears, kind of feeling like my dad didn't love me anymore. And it was difficult from that standpoint for a while. And, and I remember my wedding day. I remember my wedding day and um, and my dad was standing next to me. I'm in his house, this is the last time. I'm I'm leaving his house for good. My dad's standing next to me and and I'm standing there blow drying my angel wings. Yeah, get that picture in your mind. Blow drying my angel wings and, uh, and I remember thinking, I just wanna hug my dad. I just wanna hug him, tell him I love him, thank him for everything he's done for me and I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to hug my dad and tell him I loved him and and for a while I uh, I remember driving to the church that day to get married after I didn't do that and I remember making a promise to myself my kids will never be uncomfortable my kids will never question whether or not they can tell me they love me and show me affection I don't care if I have boys I don't care if I have girls I'm gonna hug them I'm gonna kiss them I'm gonna tell them I love them every day They will never find a time in their lives where they're uncomfortable telling me they love me. And I remember thinking too that you know did my dad really love me? But he was so involved in my life and such a good dad I knew he did. Well ten years after we got married we were all sitting around and I shared this story with my dad. And he just kinda was quiet. But I'll tell you what and that was thirty years ago. From that day forward Every time I see my dad, he hugs me, he kisses me, he tells me he loves me, he brags about the family, he talks about how much he loves the family. It was almost 30 years ago, and in my eyes, his legacy went from being a really good man to being a great man and a great father. It's not too late to change your personal legacy either. If you're not dead, it's not too late. And I just want to give us some tips, just some quick little tips that we can do and just things that we should remember. Number one, we need to just be aware that we're leaving a legacy and we don't have control over it. And start with ourselves. The best way that we can prove to our children what is important to us and that our faith is relevant and we value it is by living it out before them on a consistent basis. Teaching them to obey the Word of God. Jesus didn't simply say, teach them the Word of God. He said, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded to you. So teach them to obey because it's gonna get into their heart, it's gonna get into their soul when they put it into action. And by living it out faithfully, doing the things that we want carried on, we need to be mindful that what we will sow, what we are sowing, or what we are planting, will be sowed. And another thing, share your family stories. Warts and all, share the brokenness in your families. But share the families and show how God has redeemed all of that back to him. And how you guys are overcoming every obstacle in your life through faith. And pray. Pray for your kids. Pray for your grandchildren. And pray that their hearts will love the Lord and love his word. Let me just close this in prayer. Oh, Lord, Father God, we are flawed people and we fail. But Lord, you redeem us. You redeem our failures. And it is up to you to write in the hearts and the minds of future generations the effect that we had on this world. And I pray, Lord, that that effect communicates the fact that I loved you, that that I trusted you. And I pray that for all of us, Lord. Let us be the walking examples of what we want our legacy to be. And even though we can't control it, you do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.